you can practice your religion however you want, except when you have to do a murder. Diversity is our strength as a as a creed, as a dogma. It's kind of revisionist in that way. No, that's about you don't agree with me, so shut up. Trying to apply a societal value to an individual. It doesn't work. Philosophers. Philosophers. Now we're back. We're back again to talk more about liberal dogma. Uh, did I say that right? It didn't sound like it same right. Liberal dogma. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, slight correction about that title. Yeah. Um, I I I realized near the end of recording that last episode that liberal. I I I thought of a better word to use than liberal. Hmm. Um, and so maybe I'll I'll use it for for this one, but I I, I still didn't change the title. Um progressive yeah i like that's that. actually what we are talking about the progressive culture yeah progressive dogma let's talk for a moment about the word progressive not referring to the insurance company <sighs> which i don't know is good or not actually i don't use them i know they're they're fine okay um <laughs> i i guess okay. um they're an insurance company um so anyway uh i was i was contemplating the the meaning of, of progressive earlier today in the shower as one does naturally um that is where the best i i am convinced that uh philosophers must have taken a lot of showers um well most of them anyway uh what's that one guy's name who lived in a diogenes barrel? yeah well he's maybe hmm, maybe we could have even more profound thoughts if we just never showered yeah and lived um, in a barrel <laughs> in a marketplace yeah <laughs> Um, Here, here's what we'll do you you shower more and i'll go live in a barrel and we'll come back and see if we can have a good diogenes socrates moment i i can i can get down with this experiment yeah i'll, I'll explain to you how a chicken's a person yes <laughs> some deep greek philosopher lore for you no, but anyway it is go on I present a man <laughs> uh okay um so uh I, I kind of I like and I don't like the term progressive for mm -hmm. for how we use it. Uh, progressive as a word makes a lot of sense. It is the very opposite of a conservative, yep. right? Conservatives the the defining characteristic of conservative is don't mess with it, keep it the same. The yep. system is working. Stop tradition. Stop touching it. Yep. Um, and progressives want to change things. Yep. Um. Because because liberal does not necessarily mean that you want to change things, right? Liberal just means that you value individual liberty. Well, right? it used to anyway, but yeah. Yes, that, that, yeah, that's what that word, yeah. It, the people who were liberals, their culture kind of evolved and became progressive. Like, like who would be antithetical to the liberals when the liberal was the original thing? Like, like when it first came out, if you well, were would have liberal. been conservatives of the time who were defending the king the monarchy yeah. yeah so you essentially were either a monarchist or a liberal right at that point they still call themselves conservatives but conservatives is a moving target right they, they just want the system to stop stop changing things yeah yeah conservatives don't necessarily want to go back well or they may want to go back but they want to go back to like what it was like when they were a child or something like that but yeah. no farther yeah the good old day what if the good old days could be all the days right yeah pretty much um so progressives but but then but the the problem i have with the word progressive is it presumes that the change that they're wanting is progress of some yes. sort 
So like, it, like it is progressive in the sense that they are progressing towards something, but it is mm, arrogant to assume that the changes that you want are progress and anyone who wants something else is not right yeah and i don't even know if there's a a word for that like you could almost say just like disruptionaries but that also kind of has a negative connotation yeah um although not always but like yeah a, a, in a more appropriate term would be a just not this because that's essentially what it is you know um because you can get progressives of all different kinds of stripes and it makes it it makes for a very difficult political group too. Mm-hmm. Um, like I distinctly remember, do you remember the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement from years ago? Yeah. That was a quote unquote progressive movement. But if you actually talk to those people there, some of them were against, like some of them were like libertarian capitalists that wanted a true free market. They mm-hmm. hated Wall Street because it got favors from the government. Yeah. But others of them wanted communism. They both wanted to quote unquote progress towards their idea, but they had very different ideas about what that what would mean progress, yes. you know? Yeah, they converged on this one goal, but diverged on their end game. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that's why you see prog- quote unquote progressive movements kind of swell around something. Mm. It's and this is another term that would be more appropriate to that reactionary. They usually react to something that has been highlighted in the culture or in the country that this is stagnated in some way, or it is not kept up with quote unquote, the times and it could be better. So we need to make progress. So they're kind of reacting to that, but we reserve that reactionaries are typically a right wing thing. Historically, that's how they get aligned. And it's usually, I guess, anti-progressive. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. The normal story is you have the conservatives and they are, happy because they things are the way they want them to be in the beginning right and then you have your progressives that want to change it and they start changing it then you get reactionaries that want to go backwards but they don't call them regressives because right that sounds too close to progressives so they just call them reactionaries you know it's sure. like oh you're just you just don't like change it's like no i just don't like your change you know but there's not a very clear distinction within that either because there could be reactionaries that don't that want to go back but how far? That's the another, that's yeah. another thing. How far do you want to go back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, I want so and so a thing from the past, but not this other thing, right? Yeah, but by definition, they literally are just responding against the change. But it has it says nothing about the direction they actually want to go. It just assumes most of the time when you say a reactionary, you assume a conservative reactionary. But that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. It just typically is the case. Yeah. But it paints a very two-dimensional picture of, you know, politics when it seldom is that, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I, I don't know what a good name for quote-unquote progressives would be. I think it would, I think it's fine. Yeah, we, we can we can leave it alone. Like, yeah, because people know what it means now. Right. If someone identifies as a progressive, you know what they mean. Right. Well, so it's fine. Well, and I think that that term is only used when you need to bundle to make a change. But if you I don't think very many people would necessarily identify themselves as progressives. I think especially now and, and even in the past, most people will be more willing to align themselves with an ideology. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a democratic socialist i'm a regular socialist (laughs) i'm a communist i'm a libertarian i'm a conservative you know 
I'm a tradition, I'm a fundamental conservative, like, you know, people, sure, whatever. They, yeah. They're much more willing to, because they, they want to make sure that they're not getting, everyone doesn't want to get lopped in with everyone else. They want to be their own thing, but they do need to get lopped together to actually affect anything. Right. So progressive serves as a decent enough banner for people to get underneath, but what actually they're progressing towards is vague. It, it, vague. it depends on who's making up that particular group of progressives. But when we're talking about it, I guess we're talking about, you know, what postmodernist progressives, I guess. Not to That's use also a, kind of a vague term. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the after now. <laughs> progressive. Yes. Um, which is yeah it, it okay another short tangent it is very amusing to me that the modern age is actually just a defined point in history that is now in the past yeah. um so yeah yeah the modern is a while ago now yeah yeah and then classical <laughs> is not necessarily just old you know right yeah it's a particular period that is the classical age yeah yeah which if humanity continues to persist about a thousand years in the future is going to be really awkward to talk about historically speaking yes how are we going to keep coming up with names yeah oh it's i think that you're going to see a bunch of stupid stuff like the same way we did with frequencies right you have hot frequency and then you had high frequency then you had like what very high frequency very high frequency then ultra ultra high frequency. frequency then super high frequency yeah and ludicrously high no that's not a real one but <laughs> yeah you get weird graduations like that Actually, where you just... that might be one hold on yeah what about hyper high frequency like you know you know um ultra yeah it's a and it's weird because we don't even use these adjectives in a consistent way you know what i mean like another one that i hear those used a lot is when they're talking about speed of planes right where you've got you have subsonic aircraft that fly below the speed of sound then you have supersonic but now there's ultrasonic and hypersonic yes which it's like but they're just arbitrary gradations where it's like oh if it going over five mach five <laughs> sorry this reminds me of a funny phrase it's like what are you doing man i'm going mach five <laughs> but it's, i think that's like hypersonic or ultrasonic sure or whatever. But we just decided yeah but we yeah we just decided there's no like special physical correlation to that like there is with supersonic that actually has a physical definition right yeah well i mean i think these do have definition well yeah that's what you're saying yeah they're just there's a physical phenomenon associated with going supersonic but beyond yes. that we just decide okay but this one's a lot faster right yeah. <laughs> but but my main issue is that we don't it's not like there's su- subsonic very sonic right it's right super but we don't have frequency super frequency and i get why because the mm-hmm. the in, in frequency it is well all it, generic. Yeah, it's just a number yeah so. um so no there is no ludicrously high frequency however uh the the highest one which is in the in the terahertz range is tremendously high frequency i hate which that. i love i, I love hate that so much <laughs> might as well just call it preposterously high frequency <laughs> ridiculously high frequency my good words sir under just my article (laughs) (laughs) okay enough about that yeah you're talking about politics so yeah anyway (laughs) progressives then fine modern air quote modern slash postmodern progressives whatever if you're listening to this it's probably applicable if you're if your grandpa showing you this it's probably not you know what i mean right um so yeah so what about um I, that's that's the uh, thing. Well, we're, we're we're going to continue our complaints from uh, from from last week, I think. Ah uh, yes. Um. So I think the uh, I think the next liberal slash progressive dogma that we should talk about uh, diversity is our strength. Yeah, that 
I think this one fits firmly in as a dogma because that it's an opinion kind of it is an opinion uh, um you can okay let's talk about okay where did this come from right? right where did the meme of diversity is our strength come from well um so what's the opposite of diversity monoculture well i don't even think that's what they meant but yeah it, it mono or singular centric you might say sure so monoculture a very monoculture can take many forms Mm -hmm. um and yes they do usually uh they it does usually lead to problems so my favorite story about monoculture has nothing to do with human culture it has to do with bananas oh yes yes um so also fun fact fun philosophers fact you ever eat banana flavored candy and think Mm -hmm. to yourself this doesn't taste like bananas at all it tastes vaguely banana like but not like any banana i've ever had that's because it does taste like bananas that went extinct after this monoculture event. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So there, there was this particular species of banana that whose name I forgot because it doesn't matter, and they're all gone now anyway. Um, that everyone in Central America was growing and selling to everyone. Um, and they were all because of some quirk of how bananas are actually produced. Uh, they all shared the same genes. Like, I think they were actually all like clones of each other or something close to that. Yeah. Um, so this is literally a biological monoculture. Um, and so uh, finally a disease emerged that affected this plant and literally all the bananas died. So we had to switch to less tasty bananas. <laughs> and that's the story of why bananas are lame and bland today. I like yeah. bananas, but still. Uh, anyway, so monoculture has has problems. So, in in this case, it was a genetic monoculture mm-hmm. that made it vulnerable to a disease. So everything was vulnerable to the same thing. So none survived. But there are also, you know, human cultural monocultures where everyone thinks the same, mm-hmm. um, which can be a problem uh, because then this this can make you weak to various things that ideas can make you weak to. Um, either certain types of propaganda or um you know maybe you have a monoculture about like battle strategy but that it actually have, makes some mistakes and so you can't win against your opponents who are thinking better than you are because you're stuck in this particular mode of thinking things like that yeah. so in these senses diversity the opposite of this is a strength right right um so what's the problem with diversity is our strength well, I think that the issue that I have with it is that it's, first of all, it's just an assertion. It's just mm-hmm. saying that it is. People will use figures to try to explain, look at the countries in the world which have diverse cultures. Those com- countries tend to be doing better. Well, a good example being like the United States is one of the biggest examples that's often listed because mm-hmm. it is a nation of immigrants, as they would say, as they would say, and it's largely except for the ha- ones who aren't, except for the ones who aren't that, that we uh, kind of screwed over through history. But that's a that's a topic that's for a, a different topic time for a different time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, like, well, I mean, I'll just say it. I, I think the issue with a lot of this is that are we putting the cart before the horse here? Because were these nations great before while they were more monocultured? And then that is what drew other people from other cultures there to then diversify them. If we go before the United States, a great example would be like the United Kingdom, which isn't a monoculture. First of all, Mm -hmm. there's four distinct subcultures 
and more actually you know there's four countries within the super country that is the united kingdom yeah um ireland scotland england and wales Mm -hmm. but that aside right well northern ireland ireland well anyway at the time it actually was just ireland yeah the cultural groups we'll say the scottish the irish the welsh and the english yes okay so a but then again i think most people would actually lop them together as somewhat of a monoculture because they do share a very common ancestry Mm -hmm. and you're splitting hairs almost I, i think if and if you were to point someone to ancient or like 400 years ago united kingdom area or britain i should say the name of the actual islands the British islands, they would not tell you that it's culturally diverse, even though that it is right. Mm-hmm. But the British empire became very successful with that culture for a period of time, even if it's through sub, you know, subjugative means and imperial means, which you can take issue sure. with on its own. Yeah. Subjective by that metric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it enforced that culture actually everywhere it went and it was very successful. And then when imperialism fell apart, it was still successful resting on the laurels of its former success. And because it was successful and secure, it it's a place that people want to immigrate to, which that's not a problem. I totally understand people wanting to go to places that are better, right. Mm-hmm. And have more opportunity. But the problem is, is that diversity is our strength as a, is a creed or as a dogma make it's kind of revisionist in that way. I mean, I, I can understand that. And, the, and even in the United States, there's always been, there, it was diverse from the beginning. It was founded by people from different countries mm-hmm. and with usually very different religious backgrounds, even if they all kind of forked off from the same thing. And there was essentially an agree to disagree moment where they all just decided, fine, you go quake over there. I'll go Puritan over here or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but even throughout history, you know, and the 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 old pedagogy before this was the melting pot idea. Whereas America, you take these cultures, you have a diverse set of cultures, but you need to distill them down to create a new monoculture identity that carries over the best aspects of each of the subcultures that are now conglomerated, mm-hmm. right? And this is kind of how the United States functioned. Um, you know, it, and I think this is important because there were essentially several guiding principles that and this is true, not all cultures are compatible. Like if mm-hmm. you are a culture that believes that beheading that has, it's like built around a religion that involves beheading people for some reason, but the rest of the culture is not okay with that. There's going to be conflict. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes, there are cultures that absolutely call for this, you know, not all of them, not a lot of them, but there are some, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there are some cultures that, believe in essentially equal treatment of men and women others that don't right so how they're not compatible you can't have them in the same place and so the original idea was that okay we need to come up with the core principles of the american identity right Mm -hmm. um which was individual liberty property ownership i can't can't list them off there's like there was a interesting article i read once that talked about the five key ideas and as long as your culture was willing to drop anything that conflicted with the top five or didn't conflict with the top five sure come on in you can live your way but as long as we all agree on the top five things we're fine and i think that that's the hybrid approach you can still have diverse subcultures yes and countercultures even as long as we agree on the most important things yes but at the end yeah at the end of the day we all have to 
rally around the key central ideas. Otherwise, there's conflict. And and that's a thing that happens. I mean, some of the most... Right, like, so uh, an American value is religious liberty, since we're talking about that. Yeah, that's one of them, yeah. Um, but human sacrifice is a crime, right? Uh, well, the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, for example... Conflicts with that. Right. And it supersedes e- it. E- exactly, yeah. We have other cultural values that supersede it, where it's like, okay, but if you're... Yeah, you can practice your religion however you want, except when you have to do a murder. Yeah. Yeah, and here's the top five <laughs> reasons that you can't. Anything yeah. else, good to go, right? Right. Um, and if you look even in the rest of the world, there are plenty of countries that have tons of eth- that cultural diversity that are also enraptured in civil war. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. look at how... And it's and it's not just because one culture just wants to eradicate the other because that culture is evil. Because remember, under diversity of our strength, all cultures are valuable. You know, mm-hmm. That's the other thing that goes along with it is if diversity is our strength, then all cultures have something to bring that is value, which is, again, maybe true. But if you have two fundamentally conflicting cultural groups, sometimes it can erupt into conflict. And any nation state can't survive conflicting with itself it, it weakens you not only internally but it weakens you ex- externally right if you're thinking about this in a game of states so i would say that the the idea behind diversity of our strength can be positive yes but at some point i i think that you need to acknowledge that the, it's not always you need to find a way to reconcile these differences and the only way you can really do that is to assert a super culture and it doesn't have to be very complex like the one i alluded to for the united states mm-hmm. it's actually only like five things it, it has nothing to do about what you eat it has nothing to do about your dress or anything like that it's just these five things that are fundamental that we all have to acknowledge and then anything else go for it you know um but the problem with diversity is our strength is that in and another thing that isn't answered by it is well it assumes they're all equally valuable when they're just not like, and you can't, and, and I'm not saying that they're not because some are objectively better than others. Although I think that there is some arguments to be made about some of that. That's not even the fight that I'm trying to have right now. I'm just trying to say, you can't eat, you cannot take two conflicting cultural values and say they're both equally valuable. Cause at the end of the day, you have to pick one. You have to pick one in order for us to function in a society. We all need to have a basic underlying understanding of what is okay and what is not okay. And when we don't know anything goes and that's the mm-hmm. problem. Um, and if you just assert that, well, in my it, in my culture, it's perfectly acceptable to like mutilate children for yeah. things, and under the diversity is our strength moniker, it's like, well, it's their culture, mm-hmm. but is it? You know, like that that's too bad. You know, at some point you have to say no, and I think that's the other problem with it is it, it's it's over inclusive in that way. And there's another, I think we'll get to that at some point, but you know. It's and we that, maybe that'd be a good segue into what we talk about. Maybe talk about like racial or ethnic diversity as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned about the word over inclusive from our good friend CGB, CGB Gray, Gray in go. his uh, his one one installment series, <laughs> episode zero on, actually uh, Indian reservations in the United States. Yes, episode zero about why he uses the term Indian instead of Native American, and it's because. Native American is over-inclusive. Yep. And it includes more people than what he's talking about in a crucial way. Yes. And the word Indian is the official word. Look it up. It's the Bureau of Indian Affairs, not the Bureau of Native American Affairs. Right. And he goes into... And it's the term that... They prefer. Indians on Indian reservations prefer to use. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah that, i highly recommend it it's a great video it's confusing but that's that's how it is yeah yeah um so i was gonna say that i think that racial diversity is our strength is kind of a it's and to me it's kind of dumb to be honest with you i, I, I think i think it's i think it's very similar to from last episode uh men and women are perfectly interchangeable um i think it's i think it's this value slash meme slash dogma came about the same way which is well once upon a time people specifically wanted to exclude other people based on their race um and so now suggesting that it is not an inherent strength to have people of racial diversity uh means that you're a racist right um yeah and and even though by the conventional definition choosing to include people because of their race is racist yeah i i think that the way i look at it was it was if if race is a deciding factor for anything normal right uh i think that there's still some dubiousness to be put around like personal preferences when it comes to like your relationships or whatever i mean i think i think i i, I am happy to see that even even in the even in the circles where all of these these dogmas that we've been talking about uh, are most revered, people are still on board with, okay, but your sexual preference is your own and no one can tell you it's wrong. Right. Um, so ev- everyone is still on board with that. Right. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> um, but when it comes to things like employment, this is usually where it gets brought up, right? If you want to have a good company, well, you need to have a diverse company composition, which means that you need to employ as many races as possible. And it's like, back in the day, it was the opposite. It was like, no, there are differences between people of different races, and we want to hire the people of the best race, whatever that meant, right? Right. Um, which it wasn't always the same answer, depending on who you asked. Um, we went from that to, okay, this should you shouldn't care about this. This actually shouldn't matter. Yeah, you should be colorblind. Yeah. Yeah, you it it shouldn't matter to you. You should hire the most qualified candidate because that's what matters, right? Yes. To nope, you should care about actually you should care about that actually and you need to offset some injustices on things you didn't do or maybe you did do but you weren't aware of because we said so and the society needs it and you're better off for it even if that's not true. And there's plenty of examples of where this is true. If if you have to factor in I don't know, like as a person who has hired people before, I feel gross when people ask me if I hire people based on their race or like if I, if I paid extra sure to consider this person because, well, but they're a more diverse candidate. Like, I I think that's disgusting. Yes. But it happens. Um, it shouldn't matter, you know? Um, and I, why should I give anyone an unfair advantage because of the color of their skin? Right. Yep. Or disadvantage. It doesn't matter which color it is. Mm-hmm. If you're giving someone an advantage or disadvantage based on that, that is a racist policy. Yeah. Yeah. And in theory, I would even have zero problem actually doing it the colorblind way where it's like, I actually don't know. Like, take their... Yeah, take their name off of it. Just Yeah, just give me a, an anonymous resume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally anonymous. Strip all, you know, personal identifying information out and let me pick based on the skills, you know? Yep. Uh, I'd be perfectly happy doing that, but that's not how it is. And to me, I'm really wondering, like, if you really drilled down to it and pressed people, I, I would really want to know what the answer is. It's like, okay, so I have two in, in this hypothetical, I have two equally qualified candidates of different races. 
but one of them is of a minority race and the other one's of a, the, the, the plurality race we'll say because they're not really the majority anymore there's actually a plurality in the united states but we'll say that or in my area whatever it doesn't matter um I want someone to explain to me if they're equally qualified, why that factor matters, because I don't think you can do it without sounding extremely racist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In my opinion. And I don't care about historical injustices when it comes to, I'm not solving the world's historical injustices by hiring just one person over someone else. Right. Cause that's not what we're here to do. I'm sorry. My company's right, not, but I'm here to make money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, this is not a nonprofit or whatever. And and it wouldn't even matter if you're not there to make money. Like if you're the government hiring people, I still don't think it should matter. Right. And, and, I, and now I will acknowledge, and, and I think that the line you would get is like, well, because people of that race don't, you know, on average don't do as good. Okay. So you want to artificially inflate the average by me hiring this person. Is that what we're really trying to go to? Because right. to me, what you're actually ending up with is trying to get around the fact that bell curves exist. Right. And that's only going to hurt people at the end of that spectrum because then you can eventually get to the point where you look at the whole set and say, yeah, on average, they're doing fine. But the reality is, is that there's actually an uncanny valley and you have a handful that are doing really, really well. And then a bunch that are doing really, really poorly instead of actually addressing the problems as to why it is like that. Yeah. Wh- yeah. How do they end up in that? The initial conditions in the first place yeah sure and and there is where you can talk about historical injustices and and i and i do understand the thought process behind generational disadvantage and his generational advantages i get that i understand that that makes total sense Mm -hmm. but that that's not doesn't have to be racial that's just how it is you know if you want to offset some of that okay go do that over there it shouldn't be laid at the feet of employers I understand why it is because employers actually have a positive and real impact on the world on like activists, you know, um, you know, cause they actually do the work instead of complaining until someone else does it. Right. But if you right. care so much about it, start your own company and people have, and that's the hilarious thing. And, and when they do, I, I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it's hilarious and this isn't so much racial, but like, gender specific i suppose oh yeah yeah the one you the, mean yeah i forget the name of the company exactly what it was called sure but yeah there was a group of ladies who decided that they were going to start their in that the, their, their this, feminist coffee shop or whatever or something yeah or and bakery it, or something yep and it failed miserably because they didn't care about hiring people who were qualified necessarily right they cared about being an all-women bakery which again also not diverse because because you're all women yeah yeah you're not asking me to hire all women but you might be actually, actually I don't know. might be. Yeah. But, but in, in that, how it usually goes, it's, not, and it's, it, it reaches kind of ludicrous, hilarious levels as well. Like I saw a, uh, like there was a magazine spread about like models in some clothing industry and they showed a picture and it said, this is the most diverse photo of models. And it was just all black women. And I was like, there's nothing diverse about this. There's literally all nothing. The same. Yeah. Well, they're not all the same, but it's like, okay, but, not all the same. Oh, okay. Yes. But like, which is it though is the question and it's like it doesn't yeah. matter it shouldn't matter yeah diverse has just turned into this word that means not white not man yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem essentially is that it's just exclusion and and to, even though white people are actually a global minority which is fun <laughs> yeah but but not here not in the successful <laughs> but not places here, yes yeah and i don't know it, 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 
anybody who likes to play the race politics game is a racist in my mind because the only two people I ever hear talking about it and it really sucks because each group will think you're the other if you don't agree with them Mm -hmm. if you're not for diversity as our strength you have the clan right behind you welcoming you with open arms and if you're against them then they think that you're just a bleeding heart progressive and it's like or no. <laughs> maybe this shouldn't just matter and we shouldn't stop making yeah, a big deal about can, it. Yes, exactly. Yep. And I guess one more tangent down on this. I think that one of the biggest problems with it is how big a deal we make about it. Um, I was talking to someone about this the other day about like mental illness. One of the precocious things about mental illness is that they're memes sometimes. There are some mental disorders that aren't biological more than they are perceptional based mm-hmm. um and we know this because in places that don't have systems that track and identify them the same way in public and publicize them you actually will see lower rates of those mental illnesses and it's not and that's not to say that like people don't have them there they do but where you draw the line of it being just your personality and an illness yeah. is different and the more willing you are to draw that line closer to personality trait and the more beneficial it is to have that personality trait in an ecosystem, the more people will actually encourage and push people away over the line into that as being an illness, you know? And so literally one of the problems with one of the causes of mental illness being as widespread as it is, is actually just, it's communicable. We talk about it so much. It's become such a big part of our society, not solving it, but just acknowledging it Mm -hmm. and it's taken on like a weird value because there is, there's social value to being mentally ill in certain circles. Yes. You know, good example. If you want to talk about mental illness, go on the internet and talk to anyone about any mental illness. Let's just pick one autism. You will hear everybody who replies to you commenting back with, well, my ex person connected to me has this therefore i can speak on it and then there will be someone right underneath them trumping in and saying well i have this particular thing so my opinion is more valid because i have that lived experience when it doesn't matter the mo- the only person i would actually listen to or care about more is i'm a trained physician to treat right, this exactly. illness yeah, cuz let's let's pick another mental illness schizophrenia yeah do you really do you really are you really going to trust a schizophrenic to tell you about their condition as opposed to the professional who's dealing with them no, <laughs> um, no, because why would they be an expert on it? Yes, they are literally living through it, but people live through circumstances that they don't understand all the time. That's why you go see a doctor when you're sick, even though you have the lived experience of your stomach hurting or whatever ails you that makes you want to go to a doctor. You don't know anything about it. So you go see someone who is trained to tell you what's going on and what you can do about it. Right. It's it's like a weird almost form of survivorship bias where it's like, oh, well, only those afflicted know the answer. It's like, well, no, because if they knew the answer, they wouldn't be afflicted. Right. It's only those who aren't afflicted that come back that you can talk to about it in that way. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe a looser analogy. But another one would be, who do you want to ask about food? The farmer who makes it or the people starving who suffered from starvation? Like... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm starving. Oh, well, then you know all about starvation. It's like, yes, they do. But they know about starvation, not curing it, not solving that problem. Right, yeah, they know what it's like to be starving. Yeah. Which isn't a value. Right. And and having that information arguably isn't a value either. No. No, if if anything, it's an unfortunate consequence. Sure. 
so why do we care? No offense, but like, why do I care? Like, I guess because you want sympathy, but would you rather have a cure or sympathy? And I think that when you cross a line where you would rather have sympathy than a cure, that's when you've Stop. gone too far. Yeah. You know, and I, so anyway, that was a weird tangent to go down on. It but was. Anyway, so I guess the last one is, I guess, ethnic diversity. I actually don't have a really fundamental understanding of race, ethnic boundaries. I feel like it's all just made up. Uh, yeah, I think I, I kind of agree. It's it's a very blurry line between yeah. race and ethni- ethnicity, which is why they're always talked about together. Right. Um, and, and ultimately, all the philosophy around them is the same, right? It's some superficial characteristic that people have historically judged others by that doesn't actually matter sure yeah yeah so i guess to sum it all up diversity can be a strength but when you speak on it like it's tautologically true i think you're just being ignorant or you're a racist you know right and I think both can be exposed if you just talk about it for a little while. And I don't think any of it comes from the perspective of trying to solve the problem, you know, um, and, and just just kind of harken back to what we talked about last time. You know, I think one thing that comes along with this is injustice solving, right? Systemic injustice. One thing we talked about last time with this is usually cut through the lens of, and this is why they call it intersectionalism. It's at the intersections of your key factors your Mm. race your gender your sex whatever whatever innumerable factors that this decide is important you know that they can actually carve out as a new disenfranchised group you know and that's not to say that i am not acknowledging that there were injustices on those things because there absolutely were that's the story of humanity is people running other people over for advantage to do it that's actually the story of life Mm -hmm. you know we talked about that last episode we talked about last episode and does that mean that that should be the way we should do it now? No. No. But if 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 we're going to start being moral accountants about it and being counting injustices, I hope you have a really good history book and are ready to go all the way back to the beginning. And that's always the problem. I think most people acknowledge in historical injustice. We just all disagree on where you want to draw the line yeah, of where you want to stop counting. Yeah. Right. Um, and of course no matter where you stop someone will come out ahead of someone else Mm -hmm. and that's the problem is now it's now you're incentivized to choose the line where to draw the line to best advantage you which by the way is the same thing you had a problem with in the first place because now you're just trying to throw someone else under the bus for yourself which again can't blame you that's how humans that's how all living things are but but that's what we're trying to undo yeah Yeah, it's counterintuitive at some point you just have to say okay wiping the slate clean we're starting over or we're we're going to go on from this point forward and try to not have this be a thing or anymore. just hold people accountable for what they are personally responsible for yeah so anyone who's dead off the plate sorry right yeah dead people we can't hold them responsible they're already dead yeah and you can't hold their offspring responsible either because they didn't do it right if they did do something you can hold them responsible but the problem is is well but what about that systemic injustice because we don't all start Doesn't out with the same initial condition they didn't do it yeah yeah that that's that's my take is you can't yeah it doesn't it doesn't it it ain't fair wasn't fair then wouldn't be fair now yeah it well it i I mean what i mean is it ain't fair that they are advantaged now because of wrong stuff that happened in the past but yeah it's also not fair to fix it now because you're punishing people who didn't do anything right 
And I don't know how useful... They, they didn't choose to be born into that rich family any more than the poor person chose to be born into a poor family. Right. So Which, it's not fair to, to punish them for who their parents are. Right. Which, I mean, to be fair, that's one of the reasons we've always focused on opportunity. Yeah. Because we do all start out... If we can make it so that each person is born out and we normalize the opportunities as much as possible, then you can highlight the things you do have control over. Mm-hmm. You, you can create competitive opportunities that affect you today right now. Right. Um, you know, and I don't know. And I hear this mentioned a lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a quick sidebar and stop pointing fingers at progressives right now and start, I'm going to point one finger back over to others that aren't progressives that always bring this up. I do not think it is super valuable other than just demonstrating a point to talk about how, well, if we did reset the scales to zero today, it would, it would quickly become uneven again. It's like, okay, what's your point? Yeah. Like, but what? it would be fair, though. Who cares? Yeah, like, that, that's the that's the thing is that it would be fair, right? It would be earned. Um, if you reset this, if you reset the scales to zero, it would quickly become unequal again. Yes, but it would be just. Yeah, but then you're acknowledging that we can have fairness, right? Which we can't stop saying right. you can because you literally can't. A. Well, what do you mean fairness? Look, okay. <laughs> Who, yeah, what do you mean fairness, you know? And that's the other problem. But the other thing too is, is like, okay, do we really want to start having a, you know, every hundred years we always reset back to fairness to keep it fair? Like, no, like you're not proposing no, a solution. that's going to create some other perverse incentives that you don't want to, yeah. Right, you're not actually proposing a solution. You're just acknowledging something that's true and one of the worst examples possible, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You're not helping the situation. And if anything, it just comes off as a non sequitur often to me. Yeah. So if you if you go into that argument with that, shut up. I'm tired of hearing it. You're not helping. Get better arguments. You mm-hmm. know, actually address the core problem. You know. Uh, anyway, so there's my. I'll give the I'll give the progressives a break a minute. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I I think I beat the diversity as our strength horse hard enough. Possibly, unless you've got something else you want to pile on. <laughs> no, I think I think we've said enough. So, <clears throat> uh, the one the one that we have left. Um, is going to be a doozy. Uh, sex versus gender. So th- we haven't really written a dogma here per se. No, there are probably a few to be uncovered in exploring the topic. I think this is a dogma formation in progress. Yeah. Um. So, and it's kind of actually oddly parallel to race and ethnicity. Yeah. Right blurry lines between them um so okay let's talk about why does there need to be a distinction between these in the first place um or and 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 was there ever a distinction between these terms before is this kind of just a new invention or or you know what where did the word gender even come from right that kind of thing yep um so uh okay sex biological sex is the the superficial thing that everyone can see that has to do with your reproductive organs. And subjective. It, it yes, goes all it the is, way down to your objective. DNA. Yeah. yeah. It is biological, scientific. There's yeah. a test for that. Yes. Um, and there are rare, very rare exceptions to people who don't fit neatly in the, in the, in the two sexual categories for humans. Yeah. In the um, sexually dimorphic species that is humans. Yes. Yes. There, there, are, there are rare exceptions of people who have just all kinds of mixed up chromosomes and 
it, it is very difficult to put them into a category that is not just their own. But even if we needed to, we could still objectively put people in one of those categories. It yes. Is, it would be rare to make... Right. They're, yeah, they're different, but in specific ways. Yes. They can be categorized. Yeah, if you needed to. Um, but th these are very rare genetic uh, conditions. So, uh, gender. Uh, so, for, for a while, uh, we have used gender just kind of as a euphemism for sex because uh, the West and its Christian heritage is afraid of, the, of that three-letter word. Um, yep. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to say, uh, for, for, for many people because of, of that, that history, because sex is, uh, gross and evil, I guess. Well, and it's cause um, it's one of those nice things about English where the noun is also the verb for the thing. Yes. Which is very convenient, but you right. know, unfortunate in this case, I guess, if you're squeamish. Yes. So, but, uh, the, the, there is actually a technical distinction between these two words, um, that is just. It has has in recent history been overlooked so gender refers to the role that someone plays in society that is related to their sex mm -hmm. so and the reason that these terms have historically been interchangeable also is because well your role in society was largely determined by your sex yep so everyone of a certain sex has the associated gender so there is no distinction Yep. It, Usually. No. Yeah, it's good enough. Yep. Um, so that that's why we have these different terms anyway. But now um, it is becoming more culturally acceptable to have a gender that is different from your sex assigned at birth. Yep. Um, so this creates some, some very messy reasoning uh yep. about about things things that we have decided in society. Now we have to reconsider a lot of things because of this new 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 ish possibility well this old possibility that is now being applied in a new way i would say yes. gender is not new but the application and delineation from sex is more new so something that that i complain about on this topic a lot um So, uh, okay, I guess here, here's a contradiction. This, this would go better if we were talking about contradictions like we were with conservatives, but it doesn't matter. Um, so on the one hand, so, okay, a lot of the women's rights movements of the recent past have been about allowing women to do all the same things that men can do in society. Have all the same opportunities, yeah. Right, and this this could be in like literal societal functions, like voting in a democracy, but also like women being allowed to hold certain professions that have traditionally only had men, like doctors and lawyers and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, from from the perspective, from the feminist perspective, uh, it doesn't matter the kind of role you want to play in society. That doesn't change whether you're a man or a woman. Right. But there is there is a a cultural shift happening or that has happened um in which the way that you want to live your life and and the 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 things that you are interested in and want to do with your life that have been traditionally associated with uh sex um well now this is a a malleable thing mm, um yeah. So like it does, it does change like how much of a woman or a man you are based on what you want to, how you want to live your life. And so we have these, we have these two 
contradictory coexisting memes. Yeah. Because, because nobody no, like, okay, nobody is telling the stay at home dad that he's not a man. Right. Well, I, I, well, there's probably somebody out there who will say that, but that, okay. In progressive culture, it is not acceptable to say that, right? You can't, Correct. you can't just say a stay at home dad. No, it is perfectly fine to be a stay at home dad. And you are a man, even if you choose to do that. Right. Um, but on the other hand, if somebody, uh, if somebody has inclinations of doing manly things, whatever that means, um, but was born a woman, they may choose to identify themselves as a man. Yeah, it's this conflicting thing where it's like, hey, these gender roles don't matter, except when I want to be referred to as one. Right. And that's the problem. So it, it it's devaluing their meaning in the broader societal context, but it's that value is not just evaporating. It's being concentrated in the individual identity and their lived experience with that identity. Right. And that's the problem is because the more it becomes more and more societally irrelevant to society, which is everyone, but it becomes hypersensitive and relevant to the individual that usually requires the affirmation of the society to be able to fully manifest itself in that person's lived experience. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem because you're take it's like trying to apply a societal value to an individual. It doesn't work that way mm -hmm. we and, and there's simple reasons why your societal values and the things that hold society together which is this fabric of individuals need to be simple and static because we all the only reason they exist is so that we know what to expect and you can go back in history and look there were some horrific things that were considered totally societally acceptable that were horrifying for the individuals in those circumstances. Mm -hmm. But at least we all knew what the playbook looked like. Good example, human sacrifice. That was just on the playbook for some societies. Right, we can just do this, yeah. And it, and people didn't freak out. It wasn't something they worried about until they were the human no, we're sacrifice. No, trying to please the corn god. and <laughs> <laughs> The corn god, yes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and, and so... And make sure that the rest of us don't die. So, sorry, you have to. We're going to cut your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> and smile while we do it and sing songs. Yeah, yes. and that's normal. Um, but, but at least everyone knows it's on the table. Your individual experience in that is irrelevant and kowtows to the societal fabric. And, and that's how it usually works is because when I wake up in the morning and I go about my day, I don't need to deal with a bunch of changing variables. I already deal with changing variables in my own personal life. At least society needs to be static. I need to know how well, the changes that happen to me should be the only variables that interact with how I interact with a qu mostly static society, mm -hmm. right? And this is like the conservative wet dream because it's Nothing simple. Changes. Yeah. Nothing changes. It's simple. I understand it. You know, this is the, this is the place I live in. <laughs> I know the rules. It's all fine. But now we want to get rid of the fixed values. And that's the problem is that these roles served a purpose and, and that's not to say that they, we, you know, we don't, we have to have them. We can have a mono role, but that's the thing. We can have a mono role or we could have anyone is allowed to occupy either of the roles. It, yeah. Th those are your options, but you, you can't have, but I want my own role, which is what this is. It, that's literally what is going on is that I want to be my own role because that's the natural extension of this. Right right that yeah that's where you that's where you get 
people who say, okay, yeah, okay, so we have we have the traditional gender, and, and again, we have, okay, yeah, we have the traditional gender roles, and then we have what they've kind of evolved into in our society over the past hundred years, maybe. Um, you could fit into in, into those, but then you have people who say, okay, but I don't fit in either of those boxes, which is fine, right? Sure. Yeah, like, nobody is cookie cutter. There is no... There is no man station where men go to get their man inspections to make sure that they're a state-sponsored right. certified what, man. Yeah. What right? does it mean to be a man? That is actually it's surprisingly loose. yeah, it is a surprisingly difficult thing to nail down. Yep. Um. So yeah, obviously, yeah, most people are not going to fit into the into the neat boxes of the stereotypes that we associate with these roles. No. Um. But yes, it creates confusion. And oftentimes anger uh, when somebody says, okay, I don't fit into either of these boxes, so I don't want to be called by either of these boxes. And I assert these new names that you should call me. No. Yeah. And, 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 and this is where I want to go back and, to. And, and, and yeah. Yeah. My, my, my question is why? Like, no one... No one is making you have to conform to either of the boxes, right? Nobody cares how you want right. to live your life. But I I do care what words you want to make me say. Um, but that's just it. Yeah, what yeah. words you want to make me say. Yes. And and hear me out. Like, there are some, there are a lot of words that we use interchangeably mm-hmm. that have historical differences, but we don't care anymore. Why do pronouns, why can't pronouns be that? Like, if I started referring you as a her and a she... If mm-hmm. you didn't care, you just knew that that was pronoun for you. Uh-huh. I'm just using those to refer to you without saying your name. Mm-hmm. You know, why would that matter? If if it didn't matter, then I would call you whatever I wanted to. And as long as it was one of the words, you know, that means, oh, other person. Right. I, you know, it's good enough. Right. Or you could get rid of the gendered pronouns and just say, hey. And this is, I think, one of the options that was out there for a while is, mm-hmm. well, just refer to everybody as they and them. But, yeah, and some people still want that, yeah. And 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 hear me out, that's less offensive because... That's already an English word that has historically been used that way, yes. Mm-hmm. So why can't everyone be a they or them? Because then, because that's the point, is I don't care to learn a billion different pronouns. We, we, you know what? We already have a thing for this. It's called your name. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's that's where I always end up going with it. It's like, Oh, you want to be called by a unique thing. Cool. We have that already. It's called a name. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't need a pronoun. Just you have a name and and granted this comes with other issues. Well, let's just go ahead and make that parallel. Why is it considered a, how would you feel about a person? Like say I went down to the registration, like the local government registration office and I changed my name every week. How mm-hmm. would you feel about that? Knowing you have to interact with me. Like, you probably wouldn't care that I wanted to do that, but it would probably be inconvenient. It would be inconvenient keeping up with what you want to be called this week. Um, it's no different for pronouns, though. It would be inconvenient if I changed them every week, too. But and it's, but it's actually less convenient. It It is actually more convenient for you to change your name on a regular basis than it is for you to change pronouns. Because pronouns... Okay, I don't know how everybody else speaks. I assume that I represent a large sum of people, though. Um, pronouns are subconscious to me, right? I've been using them my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, so having to actually, it's almost a grammatical change. It's not a grammatical change, but it's close. Yeah. Um, having, having to override something like that 
just because you don't fit neatly into a stereotype box. Yeah. When nobody expects you to in the first place. Right. Now, don't be wrong. The reason they existed. So I'll give another example. So I like to play role playing games. And there's this thing that happens in certain role playing game books where they will describe the character as either universally she or universally he in the book. Mm -hmm. Okay. This does this shouldn't matter. This is a fictional entity. It's just a they as far as I'm concerned, because mm -hmm. they're not real. However, those words mean different things to me based on my lived experience. So if it's a she, I will conjure in my mind's eye a different image than a he. Yes. But for all the things that they do, it's describing what they do. I don't question the things that they do based on those things. And that's just because I was trained to be that way and based on my experience. But if you let a few generations roll by where everyone uses they, who cares? And that's what the original goal was, right? Is to get to the point where if we have these roles traditionally because we created separate segmentations in our society for them that we don't want anymore. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the... the it doesn't matter as much anymore and, and will soon not matter at all. Yeah. Right. And I think this is the issue that conservatives actually have with it. They, they do want roles. They yeah. do want roles. They, <laughs> I, they want their boxes. And, and to be fair, a lot of it comes from it's, it's derived from the sexual difference, you know, and by that, I mean like the sex differentiation, right? It is, it is a safe assumption to make that a man isn't pregnant. That's yes. a very safe, because a male can't be period. It just can't happen. Right. Okay. So yeah, it makes sense to think that yeah, the the childbearing partner is a she. That's right. a safe assumption to make for them. And because they can do that, we want special things for them. And to be fair, even people of the same progressive group said the same. When it came to certain issues, abortion, it's a women's rights issue. My right. body, my choice. Men don't get a say because they don't have babies. But but now men do have babies. Technically, yeah. Well, kind of. Depending on how you think about it, yeah. And so it just complicates the issue, which I, don't be wrong, I also thought that it didn't matter if I didn't have a baby. I can parent one, I can father one, so I should still get a say, but whatever, you know. Right. Uh, because that's not the point. It's not about, oh, this is my particular issue. You know, that, that's, we've, we've had that complaint go on and on and on about... No, it's about you don't agree with me, so shut up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um... So the real the real debate that we've just totally missed out on because everyone's shooting and this is the thing once you open the kettle of fish people are take once you have no guidepost to stick to people run in all different directions mm -hmm. you have some folks that are erring on the side of identity is as unique as you you are and then but everyone needs to affirm it even though that's literally the opposite of the purpose of an identity your identity is not for you it's for the society to recognize you with. So yes, they do get a say in how you get assigned to one. You can work to change it, but it's not for it's not you cannot force people to see you a certain way. Right. You can only change how you present yourself and then they will see you a certain way mm -hmm. on it, their own. Ex yeah. Exactly. Like I cannot define myself as a successful billionaire. Right. It, Without actually being one. Yeah. Even if I was one, sometimes if I don't look and dress the part, people won't take you seriously. Sure. They're a loss, maybe, but there's a reason. We we don't exist inside of each other's minds. We have to look with their eyes and smell with our nose and hear with our ears the other person and go, okay. And I need to be able to make some assumptions about you in order to... Because every conversation at the grocery store doesn't need to be... Like, if I walk up to a teller, I shouldn't have to go through a large process of exchanging pronouns, exchanging preferences. Here's, 
you know, here's my character sheet. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like we shouldn't have to swap character sheets or read over them to figure out, okay, how do I interact with this person? No, I'm here to draw money out of my bank account. I don't care who you are. You could be a machine. You are a machine. Actually, actually you now. are a machine these days. Yeah. You know, and that's part of the problem is, is, is well, maybe not actually, that's not really part of the problem. No, but people act like that. We, people interact with the machine so much, but the machine can remember who you are and now you're different. Yes. That's a I non actually, sequitur though. I need to stop. I, I actually did have, I, well, okay. R related to interacting with machines all the time. I did have a hypothesis and this, this might sound very rude to some people. Um, I don't necessarily mean it this way and I'm not saying people are dumb. Um, okay. Some people are dumb, but I don't mean that everyone who thinks this way is dumb. I, I had a hypothesis that the reason why there is so much push for, for being able to customize your real life identity is because we have been living for a few decades now in the time where you have been able to define your identity online as an right? avatar. Yeah. Right. You can create an avatar. You, you can create your own screen name, right? You are, you're the way anyone knows you online is exactly how you want them to. Yep. You can, you can present however you want. Mm -hmm. And People would like to do that in the real world. But it, yeah. But the problem is, is that usually if we're having to do things in the real world, none of those things matter. <laughs> yeah. And if they did, then we would care enough, but they usually don't, you know? Um, anyway, I, I just realized what the time was on this one, but I think. Yeah. We were, yeah. Well, we, we, we picked two of them and we, we saved the one that we had probably a lot more to say about till the end. Um, so that's fine. Um, but I think this would serve as a good jumping off point for maybe our next topic, or we might revisit it. I think we need to look at like what gender is in general. Like we've kind of talked sure. a little bit about the issues with how it conflates with sex, but I think that just really drilling in on like gender roles, have yes, them, not a, have a, them. Deep, a deep dive on gender and, and yeah, where, where does it come? Yeah. History. Where does it come from? Uh, some, some of the science behind it maybe. Yeah. Um, that, that would be a good episode. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to table on that then. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we, we all, these were, these were our last two, uh, on, on our list that we didn't talk about, uh, last week, uh, thankfully, because we really wouldn't have had enough time for either of these to, to fit into to that. Yep. Um, so, uh, so, so, you know, that's that. And yeah, we kind of, we were kind of a little hasty over the, uh, the sex and gender thing. So, uh, I, I expect there to be objections to that section, um, because of holes that weren't covered, uh, but that's uh, fine. We'll just just send it to our complaint department, and we'll have our intern read our it. Our complaint department that looks suspiciously like a trash can. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we'll 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 revisit this topic again soon, hopefully. So committal, philosophers. Philosophers. <laughs> If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.